This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. It's Taco Tuesday! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Throws wide open receiver Tyreek Hill, and you're not going to catch him. Hill down the east sideline taunts Devontae Harris as he rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Miles spins, stays on his feet at the 45. He's got blockers in front of him. 30, 10, 5, touchdown! Everything happening in the sports world. Number 5, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. Got that wood right here. And even some things not happening in the sports world. Great insight today, Steve. <laughs> Man, you, you disappointed me. You disappointed the Well, the I, got, listeners. I got flustered. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, Worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson and sniffling over there across the room, <laughs> Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you a little worn out from a late night inside the roundhouse last well, night? Well, we've, we've had two late nights in a row. I mean, we had soccer on, uh, on uh, Tuesday night. The Mayor's Cup, those were long, long basketball games. Uh, the, 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 men, the men's game didn't start till almost 825. Uh, the women's game lasted an eternity. The men's game lasted uh, about an hour and 50 minutes. So lots of fouls, lots of uh, stoppages in play, uh, lots of free throws. But uh, ex- just a fantastic night. Uh, you heard my spot a little earlier. Uh, it was a success. It was everything we wanted it to be. There were over a thousand people there. Admission was free, so maybe even next year will be even bigger. But two great basketball games. It was really good entertainment. Uh, the women's game was they didn't need a shot clock. I mean, both teams pr- pretty much took a shot within about ten or twelve seconds, so we didn't need a shot clock. The men's game Central took out uh, early, got the lead, and it got down to two at the half. But then Central took command early in the second half and never gave up and. Uh, another split. The Cups aren't going anywhere. The Central men still have theirs, and the MAC women still have theirs. I really enjoyed last night in terms of being able to highlight and showcase both of those programs, or all four of those programs, both of those schools, because let's face it, once we get rolling into the high school basketball season, sometimes they are in the back of our mind a little bit, Steve, because, well, the high school programs have been so successful. And our our coverage is geared more toward high school than college. And because the high school programs have been so successful, and let's face it, last year all four teams didn't make the conference tournament. They all struggled at times. The MAC women really picked it up at the end, but based off of Central's level of competition they have to go up against in the Sooner Athletic Conference and both Bulldog teams being a little bit down last year, they are sometimes pushed to the back of our mind and aren't promoted as much by us, and that's our fault. But on a night like last night, we get a chance to highlight both of those programs and being able to expose them to the public in a venue that is a little bit more familiar with some of the fans of the high school program that get to go to the same place they normally watch games and be able to watch these two programs and see the high level of play that both of them have. And I made the comment after the game that all four teams, in my opinion, have gotten better. 
from last year, and that's what's so exciting and what made last night so fun. Yeah, there's no question. Um, and, all, you know, we, we've got to know the coaches really well. I've known Tony, of course, Central's men's coach, Tony Romero. I've known him since he was a player, uh, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, however long it's been since Tony was a player. But, uh, you know, they really cooperative people. It was great to see the townspeople out. I saw a lot of people that graduated from McPherson College that are alums uh, that were there. I saw a lot of people that have worked at Central or alums of Central. Um, they were there. And then both student sections were fantastic last night. I mean, it started out the uh, uh, Bulldog section was a little bigger. Uh, but the Central section, once the men's game got going, a lot more kids came out to the men's game for Central. Both of them had really good turnouts. You have to remember, Max got a lot more kids to choose from than Central, so they had more kids there. But I think Central really stretched what they could uh, with their students and got a bunch of them there. And it was so loud in the gym. It may have not been 2,000 people like on a big bullpup game, but I know it was over 1,000, and it was a loud 1,000, I think because the students were so loud. But we couldn't even hear ourselves think in our headphones. My head still hurt. Yeah, I had a terrible headache after the game because the, the crowd noise was just so loud. I had, to, I had to take a couple aspirin after the game so I could get to bed because my head was just pounding. But great basketball, exciting basketball. Um, neither, uh, you know, uh, the Central men shot it really well. The other teams in, in the the other three teams didn't shoot it well, but the Central men, especially in the second half, they took the ball to the rack. They were able to get baskets time and again. And, you know, it's just a shame Central is stuck in that Sooner Athletic Conference. It has no – they should not be in that conference for one thing. The teams are so far away. They're not familiar with anybody. Central, to me, I still think Central should be in the KCAC because there's other schools that do not play football like Central. York doesn't play football. OW doesn't play football. Um, there is no reason. If you put Central in the KCAC, that's 14 schools in the conference, and it's even. Then you could have a North and a South in basketball – Teams in the north would play each other twice and then play each of the south teams one time. Then you could play some non-conference games. It's just crazy that these schools play like four or five non-conference games and then start the conference schedule. It's just crazy. Steve, the other thing that I thought was really nice about the Mayor's Cup game and it being on a neutral site is that you can go back and you can think back to just two years ago when the game was played, I think, at MAC that year and then the year before that at Central. And when it was just rotating by location, home for one year or away on the other year. I just think that making this game important, putting it on a neutral site, really added an element to this game. And I, no I, I just think that if this is a normal game for both of these teams, or they're at home, one of them's on the road, it doesn't draw the same attention, even though the venues are only like a mile apart. I think that putting it in a neutral site, putting the emphasis on it, being able to bring all the students over, changing the gate admission to free, I think it gave this game an extra boost. Do you well, agree with me? Exactly. And parking at Central and parking at Mac for their basketball games, let's face it, those are small parking lots. And a lot of people just don't go because they don't want to you know, park out on some side street somewhere. Not just that, but it's a normal game. Yeah. If you're a big McPherson Bulldog fan, it's a normal game for you to go over to the Sports Center and watch a game. If you're a big Tiger fan, it's normal to go over to Alexander Arena, just sit there in the front row. But when you put it in a different spot, it adds an element. I, I see it all the time, too, with, well, what's going to happen with Kansas and Missouri, where they're going to play the border war, whatever they want to call it now, at the Sprint Center. Right. Where if the game's at Allen Fieldhouse, yeah, there's an interest in it. The game's in Columbia, yeah, sure, there's an interest in it. 
but when it has that neutral site feel, it adds an element. I know that Missouri and Illinois always play a game in St. Louis. Right. I think they call that... It used to be the Edward D. Jones Center. I don't, I don't remember what they call the game, the borderline showdown or, or something. Yeah. I just think that when you play those types of games in a neutral site... It gets everybody excited. It's something different, something new. And, the and we had that feeling last night. The sportsmanship was really good between the schools. You didn't see anybody cross the line last night. Um, you know, sometimes in games like this, uh, there was a, enough of a separation. Uh, Central had their designated section. Mac had their designated section for students. There was an empty section kind of there in the middle where other people sat. It wasn't students. But I think that helped, too. You didn't have a lot of trash talking going on and stuff like that. I thought I saw plenty of it, not really from the players, but from fans and guys that guys and girls that interact with each other. And we talked about it a little bit, especially on the men's side. I, I don't see it as much on the women's yeah. side. But on the men's side, those two programs, they interact a little bit. They cross over a little bit. The Central guys will go watch the Mac guys. The Mac guys will go watch the Central guys. Right. They're familiar with one another. Sure. They see each other all the time. And that it really feels like a rivalry game with those two teams. But, again, I thought that they all handled it very well. Yeah, it was just a great night. And, and uh, it's a bragging rights game. It is. And both schools get a little piece because, you know, they both have, you know, a cup at their school. It's just one school wants both cups. and and But right now both schools have one cup. And it's, it's kind of becoming a trend. The Central men have won five of the last six with the Bulldogs. The MAC women have just absolutely dominated Central. It's, I think, 14 years in a row, something like that. Well, they have won 15 in a row, and I think there were a couple of years where they played twice in the same year. Right. So it's 13-ish years in a row that the Bulldog women have won. Really fun night last night. I thought it was very well put together. I thought you did a good job on the broadcast, Steve. You're, you're knocking off your, your basketball rust. And the mayor was all jacked The up. mayor was there. Oh, he was fine. We had up. the father of dog ball, oh, yeah. Coach Roger Tremelon yeah. at halftime of the women's game. Joe Johnson on the PA. Man, it just felt like basketball season, and we're getting closer. Yeah. Basketball season, the opening tip-off is less than one month away yeah. for the high school December teams. December 6th is the opening night for all high school basketball. And tonight, or today, is November 7th. Right. We're less than a month away. It's getting there, but we still have one last thing to accomplish, Steve. Got a little football. To that is the about. McPherson I football team that is trying to make this season extend as long as possible and extend it all the way to November 30th. It is a Thursday, which means it is a bullpup football preview Thursday. And I don't know if we've had a Bullpup football preview Thursday this year quite like this one with McPherson taking on Goddard tomorrow night. I don't think there's been the sense of nervousness going into a game like there is this week. I know people are going to look at the records and say, God, why, is, why are you making such a big deal out of 4-5 and five Goddard? Well, you look at the schedule Goddard played. They had some injuries early in the year. They play a far more difficult schedule than Bullpups, and they came into the McPherson Stadium last year and beat the Bullpups on their home turf, denying them a spot in the state championship game. That's right. Well, let's talk about the Goddard Lions and the McPherson Bullpups coming up tomorrow night. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 
We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. It is a Thursday and a bullpup football preview Thursday as McPherson, sitting at 9-0, takes on the Goddard Lions, who are 4-5 in the regional round, second round of the playoffs coming up tomorrow night, Steve. We have been keeping our eye on this Goddard team all season long. And at the beginning of the year, our initial thought was, okay, Goddard and McPherson are both going to be undefeated at the end of the season. They're going to meet up in the state semifinals. And as long as McPherson is able to win the point differential, they'll be at home. That was our initial thought from the beginning of the season. And it started off that way. Both teams were 2-0. And then Goddard lost to Andover Central. And that's when things started to change. We knew Goddard was still very good in week three. They then lost to Goddard Eisenhower by one in a game that they let slip away from them. They lost to Mays, who has been one of the best teams in 5A. They lose to Valley Center, giving up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And then they lose to Mays South. And we look up, and Goddard is 2-5. and five. Right. And because McPherson was, at the time, 7-0, and and we could tell from a few weeks out, and we were putting our numbers together and trying to be bracketologists, and Coach Pav told us in about week five, Goddard's going to be an 8 or a 9. Yeah. based off of what was going to happen. So we continue to keep our eye on them closely. They ended up being an 8 with a record of 3-5 and five at the end of the regular season. They beat Rose Hill last week 32-14 in a game where they forced six turnovers. This is a Goddard team that you and I have been paying very close attention to. I know they're 4-5 and five there, Mr. Sniffles, mm-hmm. but this is a scary Goddard team coming to McPherson Stadium this Friday. Well, what's scary is last year... The Bullpups could not run the football, and they had the all-time leading rusher, the bus, in the backfield, and they just simply could not run the ball. Well, there's a lot of guys back on that Goddard defense. Coach, Coach Pav was in with us this morning. He told me there's four guys that are legitimately Class 4A first-team defensive players. They got a nose guard named Howe. Uh, they got a linebacker, Butler. I think there's a linebacker. I want to say Morrow yep. and a defensive end named Wycliffe. Is that correct? There you go. You got Those it. Those four guys, Coach Pav says, could be first team all state um, on defense. And that would be unbelievable for a team with a four and five record. But offensively, they've struggled. One reason they went on that five game losing streak, they lost their starting quarterback. Right. Kyle Simrad. Kyler. Kyler Simrad. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And he got hurt. So they've converted a receiver to uh, quarterback. And uh, now they're just starting to kind of, you know, get it going. They don't run the ball very well. No. They, uh, I think they're a leading rusher. God, what was it? He has 183 yards on the season. This is a Goddard team that averages rushing 82 yards a game. And last year they had a 1,000-yard back in Ben Bannister. Who is now and averaged very, 150 yards a game. Ben Bannister, who is a very key member of the McPherson College football team as a safety, didn't play safety at Goddard, I no. don't think, but a big-time running back last year. But Goddard is scary. You know, they're going to come in with confidence. They won here last year, so that's going to give them a lot of confidence coming in. When we look at this Goddard team, and when we look back to last season, McPherson feels, and they sat around the whole offseason thinking about this Goddard team, they feel like they were robbed of their trip to a state championship game last November when Goddard came here and won. Remember, the Bullpups had four possessions in the fourth quarter where they were inside the Goddard 10. Four possessions, two times they had it when they were ahead, two times they had it when they were behind, 
and did not score on any of them. So this team has been thinking about Goddard. That has been their motivation throughout the entire offseason. And I think that's something that gives McPherson an advantage this weekend, that this game means a whole lot to McPherson. I'm not saying it doesn't for Goddard, but I think it means more for McPherson than it does well, for I, Goddard. I think the Bullpups have something to prove because there's pundits around the state, detractors, if you will, are saying the Bullpups 9-0 and record is a product of their schedule, and they're probably right. I mean, they're 9-0 and because their schedule isn't very strong. They're still a very good football team. If they played Goddard's schedule, would they be 9-0? and Probably not. I would not think so because that's a lot of good teams to play. And they all handled Goddard. Not very many teams would be nine and zero facing Goddard's schedule. Right, exactly. So I think the Bullpups Derby want, I, Derby would be. Yeah, I think Derby would be. But I, the Bullpups have something to prove. They want to show that they're not, they're nine and zero, not just because they play Circle and El Dorado. They want to show they can beat a good football team. So uh, this is a real challenge for them, and it, it comes down to what it did last year. It's McPherson's offense against Goddard's defense. Last year, Goddard's defense. One this year, the McPherson offense hopes it can win. And the interesting thing about this Goddard team is that offensively, they have some unbelievable weapons at wide receiver. Four or five guys that are all in the six foot two, six foot four range that are fast, can jump, can make plays. As good of athletes as McPherson has, you take their best offensive and skill players. Goddard has four or five of them in their passing game. But the thing is, this team has not been able to put up a ton of points. They've not been able to put up a ton of yards, and part of that is you lose your starting quarterback and things tend to go a little differently, and they have had some problems with turnovers, and that's what happens when you have an inexperienced quarterback back there for you, a guy who has never really played quarterback, and that's what Coach Beeson told me this week, that Caden Hofer, who is now their starting quarterback, has never really played quarterback at any level, but he was a guy that gave them the best chance. He said, we could have moved up a JV guy, could have moved up a freshman quarterback, but that they felt this guy gave them the best chance. And so I'll be interested to see what Goddard's offense can do because this is a team that has been offensively challenged at some points in the season. They were shut out by May South, shut out by Mays. They've had quarters and stretches of games, and Andover, they were shut out for three quarters. This is just a team that... I don't know what we're going to see from them offensively. And they like to throw the ball. They love to throw the ball. But we haven't hardly faced a big-time passer all year. And that's the thing that that's makes things interesting. That's the scary thing. We don't know how good our secondary is. And they have a kid named Mitchell. Uh, I think it's Blake Mitchell. Blake Mitchell, who is more of a tight end, but, but he's is like their six leading four, receiver. Six five. And if they split him out, say on Jacob File, they're just going to throw a jump ball up there. Jacob File, one of the best corners despite being five foot seven, six, something like that. I'd keep going south, but yeah. but you're getting close. I'm, I'm trying to be kind to young Jacob. But, uh, uh, boy, I tell you, uh, this bullpup defense has been pretty good for the most – other than the Augusta game where I just don't think they were mentally into the game in the first half, gave up a ton of yards in that first half. This is a bullpup defense that really hasn't been tested very much, especially through the air. I'm trying to think of one good passing quarterback the bullpups have faced this year. I can't think of one. I'm going through the schedule, and Bueller's I don't quarterback really, wasn't bad. I don't really see one. Neil wasn't too bad. When it comes to this McPherson offense, though, Steve, last year they just couldn't execute down the stretch whenever they needed to play. And we are going to see a similar style of game, a game where it might be difficult to run the football and that they are going to have to be able to move the ball in order to have a chance. And this might be a low-scoring game. Oh. This has the potential to be a single-digit game 
low teens, maybe even high well, teens. their game with May South, I believe, was 7-0. Right. So, can the Bullpups move the ball? And there are two things that Coach Pav has told you and I that are very important when it comes to these games and have been very important in McPherson's playoff games recently. Number one, big plays. How many times in the last couple years in the playoffs when McPherson has lost, they've given up big plays that have killed them? Andale ran the same play twice. A play in the first they, half. A play they hadn't run all year. Caught the Bullpups off guard and scored twice on the same play. And Goddard had a 70-yard touchdown to begin the game last ben year Bannister as well. broke one right out of the chute. So big plays, something that he sees as very important in this game, plus the turnover battle. Can McPherson win the turnover battle? Because when they've played in these big games, they have not won the turnover battle. They had hardly turned the ball over all year last year. And then didn't they turn it over like three times in that game? Well, they had two in the final two possessions. Right. And then had several turnover on downs. And if they'd had a kicker last year, the Bullpups really didn't have a legitimate, what I'd call a legitimate kicker. They do this year. So if it comes down to a field goal, Drew Schrader could really uh, be a weapon for the Bullpups. I just see this matchup as a moment in Bullpup football history for a chance for this program to prove itself because I've given you the numbers all sorts of times. There are only... Six or seven teams in the entire state of Kansas throughout the last three years, well, in classes 4A, 5A, and 6A, that have won 35 or more games. There are not many of them. You look at a program like Derby that has blown everybody away with winning in the teens the last four years. You look at a program like St. Thomas Aquinas. You throw in a program like Bishop Miege, and of course, those teams are going to win some games. But The ones that are right behind that group in terms of wins in 4A, 5A, and 6A over the last four years, McPherson and Goddard, they are right there with these programs. And for McPherson, this is their opportunity to make a statement in terms of wins over the last four years. Derby, 46. They lead classes 4A, 5A, and 6A. Miege, 43. Aquinas, 39. McPherson, 38. Goddard, now with 36 after a couple losses. But they are right there next to each other for the best programs in the state over the last four years. Yeah, and uh, but the Bullpups, they, they need that signature win. They need they haven't had the signature win yet this year. Um, and to be honest, if they win this game, the next game will probably be a little easier opponent, to be honest with you. It's going to be Winfield. It's not probably. Yeah. It will be an easier Win- opponent. Winfield or Arc City. Is the is the which and I think it's going to be Arc City. I think Arc City beats Winfield, even though Winfield is going to be the home team. Can you imagine what what uh, Cali County must be going through right now? That place has got to be jumping because uh, Winfield hasn't been good in football for a long time. Arc City hasn't been good since those years in, in the seventies and early eighties when they were one of the dominant programs in the state. In fact, my first year here, they had as good a high school football team as I ever saw. Darren Dalton was the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Les Miller played for the Chargers. Harvey Fields played for KU. Uh, Rainier, the other running back, played at Nebraska. That was an unbelievable team. And I think the Bulbs had like five yards in the game. (laughs) I think they got beat 55-0. But but, uh, they need a signature win, uh, the Bullpups, and this would be a real signature win. Not just a signature win, a statement win to a lot of other programs around the state. Exactly. All right, Steve, one more break as we wrap up today's show. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... 
Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Whew, Steve, it's been a busy week, man. Been a busy, busy week. Yeah, we actually get one night of respite tonight, and then we have bullpup football Well, tomorrow. maybe you do. I'm going to be going hard tonight. Well, well, I'm going to... Working hard. Tonight, You're going to go home and sleep. I'm going to keep slaving away. Well, tomorrow night, bullpup football. Saturday, uh... We don't have to do the Mac College game on Saturday because it's an ESPN three game, and they, they have, get a lot better they, talent to come in. They than have us. their announcers do it, but we will be at the Mac Bethany game since it's a big game, and Coach Fiscus's team with a chance to go with they can have a winning season if they win on Saturday. Steve, our our workload is slimming down a little bit. We're running out of teams that we are covering that are still alive. But I'm working on the winter sports Well, now we're starting to add a few. We're still not to the point where we've added them yet for all of the area high school basketball as well as wrestling and other winter sports. But we're getting to the point where we're almost out of teams. Yeah. And that's why we got to keep this football season going. And we have three area teams still going. Inman will be at Elkhart. Long trip. You want to go go to there instead? I don't think so. Canton Galva's home against Lebo. Little River is home against Ness City. There you go. Big games. And we will hear from all three of those area coaches on our coaches show on Saturday morning, getting a recap of all those teams. But, Steve, we feel pretty good that it could be another fun week next week if all these teams can keep winning. And we just hope that this McPherson High team could keep things rolling because what a fun season it's been so far. Oh, it's been a fantastic fall. When you look at the fall sports for especially McPherson High, you look at uh, volleyball, had a good year. You look at soccer, made the state quarterfinals, cross country, had state qualifier. What sport am I leaving? I'm tennis, state champions, Sienna Allen, Taylor Bruce. You got it. Yeah, what a great fall we've had. Steve, you know it's a great sign, and you know you like where you work whenever a season is about to come to an end. And when we are sitting here going, oh, no, I hope it doesn't end. Yeah. Can you imagine all the radio people around the state, around the country, that they cannot wait for the football season sure, to end? Sure, Our friends Trent, Trent Sanchez and Abilene, I bet he was ready for the oh, football wanted, season to end. Yes, he did. There are a lot of programs that are not as lucky as this yep. to be playing in big games like this and hoping that your season doesn't end. And, man, it's going to be a fun one tomorrow. On the show tomorrow, we'll go through our Fearless Forecaster predictions. Those are starting to slim as well. Right. We can preview. Fearless is almost done because yeah. once the KCAC season ends, that's when he, he actually ends because you still have a couple high school teams left, KCAC, but once KCAC is over, he's done. Wow, what a loser. 19-1 and one last week for Fearless, though. What a winner, 95%. Yeah. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Selim, Jim Joyner, thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.